right, guys. Welcome to Slash Report. And it is with, I guess, a bittersweet sentiment that we have to report. For those of you that don't follow us on Twitter, um, the announcement we made a little bit earlier this week that this is our final Slash Report ever. Um, No joke. We are... MK and I talked about it. MK, my partner in crime, hello. Hi. Uh, And I talked about it, and we kind of came to the mutual shared decision that we made separately. (laughs) (laughs) This was, it was kind of time to put this to bed. Can we tell people, like, there was some soul bond magic here where, like, all week I had been like, we probably should end the podcast, and then I got a message from you being like, we should probably end the podcast. And I was like, oh my God, thank God you said it. Yeah, and it's just, it was really funny, because if you follow the chain of, like, progression of our chat from that, right, like, for the longest time, like, we obviously share, like, a group text chain with a bunch of our friends, so, like, we talk all the time, but, like, we hadn't talked individually, and we mentioned this in our, like, I think uh, the Slash Report podcast needs to retire thread, because it's, like, we individually had the sense of horrific guilt. Like if we were ever talking to each other individually without talking about the podcast, it's like, well, we can't really do that because like, because uh, totally slacking. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, Oh God, I'm slacking. And I can't be like, I still don't know what we should talk about this week. Cause like, (sighs) yeah, it was, it was really strange. It was becoming this like weird unspoken impediment to our regular functional friendship because we were like, oh, we have to deal with podcast stuff. And you would never imagine that something can become this like weird, unanticipated, like problem child that you share. It was like very much like a, we have to talk about Kevin's situation. Only Kevin was like, we have to talk about the Slash Report <laughs> podcast situation. And it's weird because like, I love doing the podcast. The podcast Same. is so much fun. I 100%. love like, everything about the podcast, except probably for the work that goes into it. It's, you know, it's a thing that we were talking about right before we started recording is that when we began this, we've said this before, we've always been really upfront about it. Like we put zero thought into it and thus we adopted a really ambitious sort of posting schedule of once a week, which doesn't sound like a lot until you actually kind of break down what goes into once a week posting of a podcast. It sort of meant that I had like no weekend plans when we were on. Never. Right. Like never. Like during the actual posting season, it's like, even if we recorded on a weekday night, right? It's not really like you record on a weekday night. Most of our episodes, because we're crazy, ran into two hours. Yep. And um, you were okay. So like, let's say we get home at like six, right? Six thirty. We start recording at seven or eight. Then you've recorded for like probably closer to three hours of actual recording time. So it'd be like ten or eleven when we finished recording. We finish recording, so you don't start editing at that point. If you do start editing the next day, it takes about like twice the amount of time that it takes to record to edit. And that's when you're good at it. Um, If you, like me and MK, started off (laughs) as complete, like, younglings in the wild who didn't know what the fuck we were doing. It was like a full day of editing. It was like all of Saturday was just editing. And I couldn't do anything else. And I couldn't see anyone or do anything. Yeah, and there was also the whole, like, um, there was, like, a judgment issue with a lot of the topics because we talked about a lot of really controversial stuff for fandom on this podcast occasionally. So there would be moments where, like, 
like, if I was editing the episode, I would call you and be like, uh, I'm gonna play this for you. Do you think we should keep this in? Or you would, like, text me and be like, get on your computer, I have to play something to decide whether or not we keep it in. Yeah. It was a labor of love, which we absolutely loved, but it also became this massive, massive time commitment that I think- It was like a part-time job. Yes. And you know what? It's one of those things where- you could absolutely do it in a slapdash fashion. And I think that a lot of people do, but I don't think that either of us ever wanted that for the podcast. <laughs> you and I are kind of assholes in like a perfectionist sense where we're not like completely perfectionist, but we're close enough to it that we were like, this is the bare minimum that we have to put into this. Yes. And I think that, I think that like by the time I was like, we really need to like have this conversation and do right instead of have, I think that what it was, was I was looking at, so MK and I both have like 700 Twitter accounts for like various things that we do. Um, Always yeah, trying to me, explain that to people when I'm like, no, no, I, I have to switch accounts and I have to find the one that I want to use. <laughs> but like nothing is worse than when like my fucking like default Twitter app is like, you have a message. And I was like, from which of these I accounts? I know, I'm like, which oh, one? There's so many of you. Anyways, um, I was looking at our Twitter and I realized that there were people still tweeting at us and we had not said anything for like months. And I was like, this is terrible. Like if nothing else, the thing that we have loved in addition to doing the podcast at all was having the people that we talked to via the podcast and people who talk to each other via the podcast oh my God. and people who talk to our Twitter account. Yes. We'll definitely talk about that shortly. Yeah. But it was just like, I was like, you guys deserve better. Like if we are, if we're going to do this going forward, we need to like, decide that we're going to do this and we probably need to make some changes to the way that we do it. But more realistically, I think that we've done like five years of this. We've done five seasons of it. Like we've done a hundred episodes. This is 101. I've moved countries. Like I've changed jobs like four (laughs) times in the midst of this. We saw the rise and fall of various like software platforms and like we all abandoned live journal. Like a lot of stuff has happened. Like yeah, if we like, I feel like we, our version of this draft of fandom history, like, we did okay, and I think it's okay that we want to work on different things. Yeah, I mean, like, it's gonna be, I don't, like, one, I don't know if we'll ever be in the same fandom again, um, <laughs> but if we are, like, it's gonna be a couple years before that happens. Like, you and I have very different tastes, and so that also means that it's, like, difficult to find a topic that we can both talk about, because we like very different things. And while that has made for some great episodes, because we have such different opinions on things. (laughs) See our Teen Wolf episode. See our Teen Wolf episode, or like any episode where we just like argued for like an hour and a half, and then we're like, we have to end this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, I think that makes for great audio, but um, again, like, it's it's hard. (laughs) It's really hard, because in a way, like, we have been so fortunate and been so lucky to draw from this really deep well of funny, interesting people who are generous with their time, who would come onto the podcast and talk to us. But at the root of it, it's you and I anchoring this thing. And it's always weird when one of us is not there. Oh my God. It's so weird. I would listen to episodes that were like just you and some other people. And I'd be like talking back to the podcast. Yes. I, like, I have no like reason to be on this episode I don't watch this or like read this or whatever and yet I am like I have strong opinions and I should be there yeah obviously I so 
it's funny because I think that our kind of discussion right now comes off so strange. It's like partially like, oh God, this was like such a big project that like ate so much of our lives and now we're like finally free. At the same time, there's this really deep well of sadness and love for this project yes. because I loved doing it. I had so much fun and like I am sad that we're ending this, but I am also so hugely relieved and like I feel guilty about feeling relieved. Yeah, and I think that it's one of those things where I think part of the reason that I'm, I think my relief is for personal reasons. Like it's nice to know that this is no longer something that like is an unanswered question that like hangs over our head. Oh my God. But at the same time, it's also sad because like you and I no longer have like a standing weekday date and then like a standing weekend reason to talk to each other. Yeah. And also, and also like we don't necessarily like, for five years of our lives, we de facto knew that even if, like, no matter what dumb thing was happening in fandom, there was, like, a 90% likelihood that you and I and, like, some other interesting, funny people would get together and have, like, a jam sesh about it, right? And that was kind of delightful, like, knowing that, like, the Avengers movie was coming out and, like, part of the joy of watching that movie was knowing that I was going to get to talk to you guys about it later via the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And there was also stuff just, like, uh, like when we could record in person and especially yes. when we could record in person with like some of our the closest friends. <laughs> yeah. I just remember like being in the Hoyden's living room and like all of us like were a little fucked up and eating cupcakes <laughs> and it was pretty late and we were like, fuck it, let's do this. And it was amazing. Like I can't express how much fun that was and like what a unique and special experience it was. Absolutely. And if you guys ever want to listen to kind of like the greatest hits of us just like being dizzyingly joyful for having being so lucky to have the friends that we did and being able to be in a room with them to talk about things. Listen to the episode we recorded in Hoyden's living room, which was the, I think like podcasting and fandom friendship is magic episode. I think it might just be called friendship is magic. Friendship is magic from a couple of years ago. And then for a very special sequel, listen to our dreadful episode on Jupiter Ascending, which was our first and only attempt to record audio on MK's Microsoft Surface. And like literally at the last minute, I just hit the voice recorder on my iPhone in case we needed a backup because of course the Surface ate our file. So the audio on that is shit, even though we're still in the same room because it's on my shitty iPhone, which I think was in some sort of like boudoir-like mess of cushions at that juncture. Because there were like four or five ladies just like camped in a single room like all over each other all the time there was like so much titty and pizza in that room and it was just like a lot of things happened that day and jupiter ascending is a trash garbage movie that and i would also as a follow-up we have like a little outtakes episode that is like short and covers the outtakes up through somewhere in season three and i think that is like just like you know if you could have like pure heroin (laughs) as opposed to like the stuff that's cut yeah yeah with baby powder yeah you don't want that shit yeah no you want like the the pure unfiltered china white that's right (laughs) how much drug lingo do you know mk let's quiz you like zero like zero drug lingo (laughs) wait so if i ever offered you the roach what would you think i was offering you i don't want bugs in my home 
Oh my God. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. Um, no, that is a tremendous episode. I actually re-downloaded that recently and was listening to it on my phone. And the minute the 20 something Kate says, Oh my God, guys. So like when whales fuck, I was like, <laughs> what was this podcast? This podcast was like a miracle to be a part of. What magic? Like literally what? friendship is magic. What the fuck, guys? What the fuck? So great. Yeah, it was really interesting. And I sort of wonder, um, because, and I feel like part of this is because like I listen to so many podcasts, I haven't really been following along with whether or not there are other fanish ones, but I feel like... I feel like there are at least one or two, right? Like in the wake of Slash Report starting and there was the original um, Harry Potter podcast. And remember, we had called ourselves the Slash Cast, but that already existed. So there are other properties that exist that you can like go try out and maybe you'll like them way better than us. Yeah. Um, and there's also like, I don't want to say like fandom specific, but I mean, there are fandom specific fan podcasts. Um there's one that is, like, pretty sporadic that I listen to for hockey called Wait, Wait, What's Icing? Okay. So <laughs> if they update, you can listen to that one. But who knows? Maybe they're doing the same thing that we're doing right now and they're just like, uh, oh, no, it's too much. It is. It really is a lot. And it's it gets hard, especially if you're – I feel like if you and I lived in the same town, like if I lived in Toronto or you lived in New York – this would have been a very different proposition because it would have been really easy to just like go to one another's houses for an hour or two and get this like knocked out. We would just like order takeout and hang out. Yeah. And like watch some TV and like knock this shit out. But like, as it is, we're scheduling across two countries whenever we had a guest and we always worked really hard to make sure that we had external voices involved. Whenever we had a guest, we had to like work around schedules. It became like a thing. Yeah, it became like a thing. It it became quite a thing. Yeah. Um, Even like when you lived in the UK, because like <laughs> you would leave work at my lunchtime. Yeah. And by the time we could record, if we were recording on a weeknight, it was like incredibly late for you and like as yeah. early as possible for me. Yeah, I think that like one of our greatest, we go back to this episode, like the Teen Wolf episode was one of our like most hilarious triumphs and failures because like you guys were all like at regular time, I think on the weekend or something. And I was like, who the fuck knows what time of day or night it was, but I was like, this is an inappropriate time to be making soup. But like, I just like, (laughs) I was like, I cannot engage in this conversation about teen nodding. So like, I guess it's time to make matzo ball soup. I was gonna say it was matzo ball I remember so much yeah everyone everyone in the world who listens to our podcast heard me like cook something from beginning to end on that episode it's not the same as the in-person experience but they got a taste it's true it's true not quite the same but similar yeah um so yeah I I think that it's time I think that it, this is the right decision I think it's the right decision and you know, this is going to sound so dumb. I honestly feel like hashtag blessed that we did this. No, I I agree with you. We can be dumb together. Thank you. Um, Like, I feel like we met so many awesome people. We got to do some really awesome things. Um, And I don't know, it was really nice, like, being a part of the lives of people who, especially if you're like fanish and you live in an area where there aren't really other fans. Like, I think that was really one of the most meaningful things for me. It, it was something that we heard quite a bit and that we treasured every time we got the message. And it's 
it's something that I've always believed in really like deeply in my heart. It's the reason I like podcasts. It's the reason I love radio. It's the reason I'm everyone should become a sustaining member of their local public radio station, (laughs) WNYC. Um, Because I think radio is such an intimate medium. It's voices. So like, number one, there are a lot of like, I think, you know, like dropping some truth bombs. I think that a lot of people find fandom because of various types of social anxieties and voices are so non-judgmental. Like you, you literally cannot draw anything from someone's voice other than their tone. So you have to listen to what they say. Mm-hmm. And on like the radio, in a podcast, we are speaking directly to you. And we genuinely do mean that. Like every person who listens to us is part of the conversation that we are having. And that was the other great thing about the podcast was having the Twitter account so that people literally were part of the conversation that we were having. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a delight to be able to do that. I feel like that's, it's like a more formal version of me talking back to the podcast episodes I'm not on. Exactly. Like we, like every time, if you guys felt the urge to like yell at us through your car stereo, your iPod, your iPhone, like if you were on the train and you were like muffling hysterical laughter the way that a couple of you have admitted to doing. We've like, been there. We were so there with you. We were so there with you. And like the fact that you guys had those experiences is part of what made this experience like so fantastic. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Can we talk we, about the amazing email we got? Absolutely. We can talk about the amazing email. Because I just feel like got. this is the time. Okay, so guys, you might remember in a previous episode of Slash Report, um, I think it was an Ask Us Anything episode. It was. We got a it message. Was. And this was years ago, because I was still in England when we got this message, I think. Yeah, like, this is forever ago. So we got a message from a fangirl who, I don't remember all the details, but she had a crush on another fangirl and wasn't sure what to do about it. And I think our advice was, like, you should probably just tell her, because, like, you never know, like, why not go for it? Yes. And we got a follow-up message from her when she heard that the podcast is ending. Guys, I got the vapors. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm like freaking out just looking at it right now. I'm like, oh my God. Now, we're not going to give you usernames or anything because they've asked that we don't. Um, but what I will say is that she says they've been together for three years in August. So cute. And she was just like, they're so happy together. And we helped make that happen. And I'm so happy. I was just like, fabulous, fabulous. Yeah. That's Ugh. like actual life-changing shit. That's like fucking love, man. That's love, bitch. That's right. Marshmallow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my god, congrats, guys. Congrats. We adore you. Yeah. Um, it's... <laughs> and then I went through our ask box and there were 145 messages and some of them <laughs> were from like a really, really long time ago. <laughs> So I'm really sorry, guys. We've just, like, deleted a bunch of them. Some of them were already answered on the podcast, and I don't know if you sent them in before we answered them on the podcast or not. Because we've been living our best lives. Yeah, so great. So great. So great. Yeah. But, like, thank you for reaching out to us. Yeah, were there any that we wanted to cover in this? I think there were. So, um, some of these I'm just going to, like, quick summarize. Because... If we do all of them, again, we're going to be here for at least two or three hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one of them was about someone who said that they were asexual and they had trouble writing porn. I've actually seen a lot of this on my dash recently. Um, and I don't know what to tell you, man. 
I think there's surprisingly a lot of asexual people writing porn in fandom. So don't freak out. You're in good company. Yeah, and also I think that this is the same thing that I tell everyone, and I know that this reads as inauthentic, like, advice coming from me. Like, you don't have to write porn. Just because, like, just because many people in fandom claim to be, like, disgusting filthmeisters doesn't mean that you have to participate in the same thing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. some of the best stories in fandom are, like, funny. Some of the best stories in fandom are gen. Some of the best stories in fandom, like, have zero relationships at all. Like, they're nonsense. Like, wasn't, like, the blowout, like, Yuletide story when you're literally about a fucking octopus? Like, the key is writing something engaging, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, engaging people's genitals. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And beyond that, like, I think that... I'm not ace, so, like, there's so many, like, nuances of this that I can't speak to, but sex starts in the brain. So, like, even if you have no physical desire to do it, that doesn't mean that you're not, like, a sexual creature on some level, like, in some way. And you shouldn't be afraid to, like, interpret that into your creative work. Like, as long as it's, like, the authentic experience to you and you write it in an authentic way, like, that will resonate with someone. Like, who knows, buddy? Like, maybe there's some other ace person out there who just really wants to read, like, porn that appeals to, like, however their asexuality manifests. And you could be, like, hitting that one out of the park for them. So, like, don't deny the world your unique point of view that, like, no one else can bring to the table is what I guess I'm saying. And I mean, like, I'm ace and I both write and read porn. So, like, literally, you never know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see. We got, um, we converted someone to clamp. So, like, I just want to apologize for that. Yeah, we're really sorry about that. Yeah. That's not good. But if you really like clamp, you should also watch Hannibal. It's like live action clamp. No, it's not. Yes, it is. We can't talk about this. We can do a whole episode on just that. That whole show is like the Rainbow Bridge over and over and over. Oh, I hate you. I love it so much. Um, okay. Let's see. Somebody asked, do you have favorite fix that we go to when we need um, something like if you need something for bedtime or if we're restless or like if there are old favorites? And I'm going to say, yes, there's a bunch of them. I don't want to list yeah. them all. But, you it's know, kind of too many to list. It's yeah. too many to list. But, like, I will definitely say one of my favorites is if I'm having trouble sleeping, then I read something about somebody else um, falling asleep. I find that I'm helpful. Trying to, I'm trying to think of, like, what my go-tos are. I have two stories, I would say, that are, like, my standbys and that I read over and over again and that I recommend to, like, literally everyone that I see on the street, right? Um this one is like, I don't understand why this is not like fetid everywhere, but, uh, one, number one is a Merlin fanfic called in time of trial by shine the way. Mm-hmm. It's this epic, epic story that was written for one of the Merlin big bangs. It's not on AO3, which I suspect is part of the reason a lot of people don't know about it, but Google it. It's absolutely worth you finding it. Um, it's a story about Arthur, uh, well, Uther slowly becoming more and more paranoid and crazed and suspecting that Arthur is plotting treason and Merlin saves his life and they basically go on the run and hide with the druids and because Arthur has been accused of treason he actually has to enact treason in order to save the kingdom it's so atmospheric it's beautifully written really well plotted so like sweeping dizzyingly romantic like one of those stories that like I adore like I take a lot of long flights because I'm an idiot and I travel <laughs> and I fly all the time so like 
I have a stash of stories that I go to over and over again. And this is one of my like in-flight stories that I will read 101 times. Um, the other one that I really, really love, and it's because I am a bad person, is actually an X-Men first class story called Bowden's Mate. Um, and I'm literally rereading this now. Bowden's Mate, it's an X-Men first class Inception fusion written by Katie Falls. Um, it's fantastic. It's really, really wonderfully plotted. It's hugely long. And that's part of, I think maybe that's like the key for a lot of my comfort fix where it's like the way that you go to a book that you love. Like a story has to have a certain length in order for me to continually revisit it. If it's like short, I enjoy them, but they're kind of like a quick hit of pleasure. Whereas I like kind of being able to sink into a story. That's fair. If it's something that I want comfort. Yeah. Okay. Um, other messages that we got. I'm saving some in the inbox here for you, by the way, to look at, because they're like specifically for you, but not really for this episode. Wait, are you people, like, are you slash reporters sending asks to me via the slash report? There's one that I am going to read. Do you want me to do it right now? (laughs) Go for it. Go for it. It's great. We got this just the other night. Dear Prue, is it okay to use an immersion blender instead of a whisk to make honey whipped cream? (laughs) Okay, so I should play this question off as a joke, but I will answer it seriously because I think it is important to know things. I would hesitate using an immersion blender for something like a whipped cream. And here's why. You can really easily over-whip something. Um, If you're going for, like, really stiff peaks on an egg white or something like that, I I think it's okay if you're using, like, an electric mixer. But, like, an immersion blender is, like, pretty heavy-duty, and it depends on the texture of the cream that you want. So if you want it to be really kind of, like, luxurious and, like, pillowy soft – I feel like you should use that as an opportunity to do, like, a workout because then you can very minutely control the stiffness of it because people who know what I'm talking about know that there is a certain point if you're whipping cream, it turns into butter, and you don't want that. Like, that's not the texture that you're going to want to achieve, and it's like it's like a whip-quick thing. Like, you are, like, whipping, and you're like, oh, this is fine, and then you're like, oh, this is now butter. Um, and that's okay. It's still delicious. You should eat it anyways, but it's probably not the textural effect you're going for. So like, I would say if you, if it's important to you that you get that texture right on the bunny, I would sacrifice and do it by hand, but you can also call that a workout so you can eat as much of it as you want. I don't think that's how that works, but sure. I think that's totally how it works. (laughs) I told my boss today that if he ate a vegetable, it cancels out bad calories. I mean, I fully believe that. I'm a nutritionist. (laughs) I'm not a nutritionist. Please, no one ever listen to any of my (laughs) health advice. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Somebody said that after listening to the 100th episode, she wanted to draw fan art of us, but then realized that she doesn't actually know what we look like. And was like, are you guys still having, like, um, she wanted to know if we were still having someone do caricatures of us. And I just want to say, like, no, sometimes people have drawn fan art of us, and it was actually surprisingly accurate, considering no one knows what we look like. Um, but we look like whatever you think we look like. I mean, I think that I've spoken at length before about, like, my various deformations and sort of, like... Your hunchback? Tumor- 
Yeah, like my hunchback and like the tumorous masses growing out of the left side of my head and things like that. And that remains the same. Like there may be a couple extra warts and like a third eye is sprung. But other than that, it's all the stuff in the past that we've discussed has been pretty accurate. Yeah, that seems fair. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One that we got recently that I thought was like pretty on point because it must have been someone who was following our Twitter conversations or maybe not following our Twitter conversations and should have been. Um, this person said, this is a weird thing to ask. Haha. <laughs> How funny is it that it's normal to ask about stuff like nodding and magical ass babies, but this seems odd. But um, <laughs> what are your skincare routines? I mean, our skincare routines at this point are a lot. And I'm actually going to defer answering this only because of something that we will talk about in a little bit about upcoming projects. So there we go. Put a pin in that one. Okay. Yeah. I think people are going to be pretty interested, surprisingly, yeah. about our skincare. <laughs> Somebody asked if we had read the webcomic Check, Please. I have. I don't think it's up your alley. No. Okay. So I love Check, Please. A bunch of us love Check, Please, but not Prue. Um, and when we thought we were still going to do more episodes about this, like literally that was on the list. It was like, do an episode just about Check, Please, because I love it so much. But now that's not happening. So Sorry. Yeah, way to rub salt in that wound, MK. Yeah, I just like causing pain to people. You're a dick. Although we have to clarify, like, I don't like check please, not because I don't like check please. I just hate hockey in every single incarnation and form. And as I understand it, it's a hockey webcomic. So it's not for me. It is not Um, for you. And it has nothing to do with, like, whether or not it's great. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, another one we got was that we've talked about being outed as Spanish before. This Anon oh wanted to know, do you ever worry about having your real voices and snippets of your lives out there through the podcast? Um, I think that there's always like some element of concern on this. Like, I think more for me than you, right? I think that would be fair to say. I think it like, I fear being outed in real life, but I also think that it would probably be fine based on like everything about my life. Yeah, whereas I think that it could legitimately be a problem on my end. Yeah. But I, I, there's also the thing where, yes, we talk about snippets of our real life and our voices are out there, but there's a reason that we scrupulously do not post photographs of ourselves. I know that, like, all the cool kids these days are all about, like, posting selfies and, like, talking about their shit all over the place, but, like, I... I came from a time period in fandom where you didn't do that publicly ever. I come from a time period in like basic little, basically social media where you didn't do that. Like I didn't have a Facebook until I was like 25 years old. And I think to this day, there are four posts on it. One of which lists my place of employment. Like literally that's like one of my four Facebook posts. Um, so, and I feel like unless you are really like, crazy digging on us and like trying to like make like a serial killer murder board to figure out who we are you wouldn't do it and like the people who are going to engage in that behavior are going to engage in that behavior anyways and it wouldn't really matter how careful we were yeah pretty much there's nothing you can do to prevent like crazy people from doing that shit but yeah I mean in general I'm a lot more lax about this than you but like as you said it would impact my life a lot less than it would impact yours <laughs> I feel like my I mean, workplace would just be like, well, sure. I, oh man. Yeah. I mean, if I get fired for this, I'm coming to live with you. That's fine. 
I mean, you'll have to buy a lot of allergy medicine, but you know, that's cheaper in Canada anyway. So <laughs> you can marry me and then um, I'll cook for you forever. Awesome. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe we can find you a different apartment and we can be like that married couple. Oh yeah. And then we'll, you, okay. So this is a thing that I don't know if we've ever talked about on the podcast, <laughs> but MK has this like elaborate fucking fantasy that is like spawned in different trellises and trails. Mm-hmm. So she's constantly looking up condos in Canada and sending me the realtor.ca listings being like, you could afford this. I'm like, A, no, I can't. And B, like... She just skips over the convenient issues of, like, A, I don't, I, like, I'm an American. Like, I can't just, like, drop everything and decide to move to Canada, like, because I want to. Like, the Mounties will come for Oh, my me. God. That's not- Can we just say, like, the number of Americans who are, like, if Trump gets elected, I'm moving to Canada, and I'm like, whoa, 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 it's actually pretty hard to get in, guys. Yeah, it is. Like, there's a whole, like, you cannot just randomly move to a place. Like, that's literally what illegal, ugh, whatever. So, number one, that's, like, dilemma number one. Number two, she's always looking for condo listings in her building, and there was a point at which your next-door neighbor was selling the condo, and you were like, you could just buy it. We could, like, knock a wall, we could knock a hole in the wall, and then you could, like, cook everything, and I could just, like, come into your house and eat food. I'm and just I was like, saying. I was like, okay, <laughs> Listen, there's things I really hate doing for myself, and you're really good at them. <laughs> And then there was also the um, one day MK is going to buy a mansion in Canada and then just, like, assign us rooms and or wings and we'll just, like, live together, like, an episode of Friends, like, in a batty mansion filled with, like, old ladies. And I was just like, okay, I think that would be a great sitcom and I don't even like sitcoms. It would essentially be Golden Girls, but more ethnically diverse. Like, yeah, an ethnically diverse modern Golden Girls. With Slash Fangirls. You would watch that. I I absolutely would, but I watch a lot of really trash television. I mean, same. Okay, okay, we have to move on. Absolutely. Um, kind of related. We got one from someone who listened to 504, which was our fourth wall redux episode, mm-hmm. um, who said, you know, have you considered that Slash Report falls into the spectrum of aimed at fandom but available to the public at large because it's on iTunes? And I just want to say, like, yes, it's on iTunes, but guess what? One, you're probably not going to find it unless you're looking for it on iTunes. And two, the way that, like, a podcast on iTunes would show up to norms is if it got, like, a jillion five-star ratings, which, like, we're not going to get. And that's fine. That's, like, how it stays under the radar. It's publicly available, but, like, so is the AO3, and norms aren't really finding that either. We, I think that you and I have always been extremely deliberate in the way that we talk about the, like, so we have gotten questions in the past about why don't we submit this to, like, more podcast directories? Why don't we ask people to um, rate and review us on the iTunes store so that it gets more attention? I think that you and I are both very committed to the idea that, like, to boil it down to the most essential, like, keep it secret, keep it safe. Like, I like it what I want you to know what you are looking for by the time you enter our like cross our threshold, right? Like I don't care if you know like the full extent of what the slash report back back catalog talks about, but I don't want you to show up and be someone who is like not in fandom, doesn't know anything about slash and like needs some sort of like educational overview to justify the existence of either of those things. Like I've no interest for it, I have no energy for it. Like I want to talk to our community and I don't want, 
I've never, we have never sought to make this broader. In fact, like, the way that we write Slash Report makes it deliberately unsearchable. Which is kind of amazing. Yeah. And this was not, like, this was not something that we did from the outset in an effort to, like, obfuscate anything. It was just, like, we, it's about Slash. We can't call it something else because someone already took that name. Yeah. Um, So we were, like, let's call it Slash Report. And then as we were shorthanding it, we started using this backslash report, which is great for us and great for, like, our Twitter conversations and Twitter community, but, like, makes it really impossible to find um, so you have to know what you're looking for by the time you get here. And I think that that, I think that that's good even for our listeners, because that means that we are never wasting time trying to justify something that we all already agree is worthy of discussion. Yes. Okay. Next. Yeah. Um, from Grand Bay, do you guys ever reread your own work? Not for editing purposes or anything, just for the feels? Yeah. Um. I know that you have read your stuff accidentally because you've been like, that's exactly what I want to read. This is great. And then you're like, wait a minute, I wrote this. Yeah, I've done that. I've definitely, like, this, in case you guys aren't, you don't know, I don't sleep very well. I'm, like, a chronic insomniac. And so I will frequently find myself in a situation where it's, like, three in the morning and I, like, cannot fall asleep and I've just given up on the prospect. So I'm, like, dicking around trying to find a story. And at that point, like, and this is partially due to the way that I read fan fiction as well, where I don't actually, like, other people, like, go by pairing, go by tag, sort by kudos. Like, I am, like, fearless. I go to the <laughs> fandom tag and, like, total, like, just go in raw. I, like, raw dog that fandom Ew. page. And I would just, like, randomly start clicking on shit. Anything that seems vaguely appealing. Like, if you, like, I won't click on something if it doesn't have any kind of summary at all. Like, Give me something to work off of. But I don't need pairing tags. I don't need a rating. I don't need anything. I will just look at the length of it, see whether it's done, look at the summary. It's like, even if it's a whip, that has never stopped me before. So I will, like, go in and, like, read anything. And I've definitely had more than once at, like, 3 in the morning reading fan fiction, being like, oh, this sounds cool. Like, this is a good – I like this. I – wait. I wrote this. (laughs) See – Fuck! I don't tend to read my stuff by accident because I am much less prolific than you. Mm. Um, but what does happen is, like, guys, the reason I wrote it is because I wanted to read that story. So sometimes I'm like, you know what I want to read right now? That thing that I wrote because I'm the one who wrote it because I wanted to read that story previously. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, I definitely have those moments where there are very clearly things that I wrote to scratch, like, a particular narrative itch. And... For better or worse, um, I haven't really found other things that do the same. So an example of this is, um, fuck. Good job. I I literally just forgot which of my own fanfics I was talking about. Because there's so many. There's, there's really a lot. Like, when I look at my back catalog, I was like, oh, man, I really <laughs> wasted my life. I look at my back catalog <laughs> and I'm like, I should write more. <laughs> don't like you need to you need to go somewhere between like write more and like don't write as much as crew does i mean obviously like, listen, somewhere in there is good somewhere listen, in there is good. i'm writing a thing right now and i think it might top out like 40 45k and i'm like this is the longest thing i've ever written that's like I a fucking, good length i fucking hate you so much <gasps> like cute. my shitty my shitty like kink meme anon fills like got longer than that <laughs> Yes. Okay, so there was one time where I was reading a, a non-kink meme fill, 
<laughs> and it started getting really long and it also had a lot of like tropes in it that I know that you're into. Yes. Um, and I was like, mm, and I just messaged you and I was like, is this you? And you were like, <laughs> yes. Which story was this? I don't know. It was in Merlin. I didn't write any Merlin fic on the kink meme. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Did I? Yes. I literally have zero recall of this. I know, but I remember it very clearly because this was, like, hilarious to me. Wait, so, like, MK, I think that what we're facing right now is a story that is, like, so keep it secret, secret, safe, that I don't know what it is, (laughs) which means it is not posted under my name. Yeah, no, you never put your name on it. Are you shitting me? No. This is gone. This is, like, totally gone. Because I used to write my fucking kink meme films into the reply box. Yeah. So this story is gone. Well, it only exists on this kink meme. Yeah, but, like, are we ever going to find that again? No, of course not. So, like, literally, this is Schrodinger's story. Like, it may exist, it may not. I mean, it exists. I read it. Uh, but it may no longer be available, and we'll probably never find it. Oh my god. Yeah. How exciting is that? This is... uh, Jesus Christ. Um, I drank a lot in my late teens and early 20s, folks. Don't be me. Live live better than her. Live way better than me. (laughs) Do you want to go into the next question? Yes, please. Okay, so we have someone who listened to the X-Files episode... But never watched X Files, but is also a supernatural fan. And oh she was like, Is there much overlap between these two fandoms, or is there too much of a generation gap? I think way too much of a generation gap. Um, and also, the fandoms are very spiritually different. Um, the X Files is really much more conspiracy theories, and supernatural is very much like paranormal fantasy. Um, I would also say that in terms of narrative, the X-Files is much more, I'm I'm talking about the emotional narrative, Mm -hmm. is much more restrained. So, like, the, like, Mulder and Scully are adults. Insofar, like, as much as I make fun of Mulder for being, like, a, a human garbage fire, right? And, like, a disaster. Like, they're both adults. Like, Mulder has, like, a, an apartment that he goes to and, like, clean clothes to wear and, like, a car and, like, a functional existence. Um, and so does Scully. And it, there shows that, like, appeal to different sectors. There is crossover, obviously. Like, I'm a key example of that crossover. But I don't think that it's a broad swath. Like, very different shows. Very different tone. Mulder and Scully are still singular and quintessential. And there still have not been any male-female characters on television to date that I've seen that have replicated or even come close to the level of intimacy and tension that they manage. Um, and the way that he very specifically respects her and adores her is, like, very singular and rare and lovely. Okay. In between him dropping guns and jumping into burning train cars. He's a fucking disaster. I mean, based on what I see on Tumblr and what little I remember from the surprising amount that I watched, yes. Yeah. Um, next question. Prue, can you recommend some more K-dramas? Oh my god, you guys, why do you keep doing this to yourselves? <laughs> it's it's like you hate yourselves. Um, I think that we have talked a lot about um, some greatest hits in the past. If you haven't watched them before... Um, my favorite K-drama of all time. It still retains this place. I've rewatched it recently, or I rewatched key episodes of this recently. Queen In Hyun's Man. 
so great time traveling romance guts me every time and brings me back to life. Um, another one that is hugely fantastic and weirdly underrated, um, is this really cool thriller called Healer. Um, I personally really love, uh, Yi Jong-suk, who is basically this, like, twink who has, like, a really upsetting mouth situation on him, where, like, every, if you ever listen to any of our, like, K-drama podcasts, you will just hear me, like, kind of, like, descend into dribbling pervert mode, where, like, I'm just like, he has good mouth. I like his mouth. (laughs) Pillowy, plush, fuckable mouth. I don't even have, like, I don't even have, like, external genitalia, and I wish I had some so I could jam it down his throat. That's, like, the situation that that mouth invokes. That's fair. Um, So the, you know what, I'll make it a trilogy. So, like, the three Yi Jong-suk K-dramas that I will recommend are, I hear... I Hear Your Voice, which is basically like modern magical realism, where he, if he makes eye contact with you, he can read your mind. It's also like a Nuna Dongsang romance, which means that he hooks up with like an older lady. Um, Mm. Really lovely story. Love it a lot. The other one that I really love is Pinocchio, which is about um, justice and journalism. So like two things that I really adore. And he also wears some spectacularly horrible wigs in that drama, which is, like, real sexually attractive for me. Ew. And it's, like, long-term pining, basically, where he knows that he cannot love this girl, but he adores her anyways. So, like, he quietly tries to make her life wonderful while never, ever articulating his feelings, which is wonderful. Um, And then the last one that I'll recommend is actually one of his first breakout roles, which was School 2013, which I literally describe to everyone as dumb thugs in love crying in the rain because it's something that happens in the show like seven times. Um, (laughs) It's just like him and this other super hot like Korean kid like who are literal thugs who just like fight all the time. But they had, like, the worst falling out ever years ago. And when they get back together, there's, like, a lot of weeping and, like, jumping on each other. And it's just, like, (laughs) crying on each other in the rain because they love each other so much. And I was like, what is happening other than this pleases me? That's a great one. Um, In terms of more recent stuff that I watched and that I really enjoyed, um, I really, really loved Yongpal which is a complete, um, it's like a medical thriller and um, revenge princess drama. Like, there's a scene in Young Paul. So Young Paul's a complete inversion of typical K-drama stereotypes where the male lead is the more soft, retiring, apologetic, like, seeking forgiveness one. And the female lead describes herself as a shark. And she absolutely inhabits that role. Um, there is one spectacular scene where it starts off with her in a church at night praying. And by the end of the episode, she realizes that God isn't answering. So she's like, fuck God, I'm going to go kill everybody. And you're like, what is happening? Other than the whole thing went into 11. Such greatness. Um, The other one that Waldorf and I recently watched and just like wept like monsters, like just one of the more disastrous um, viewing experiences of our recent history is um, a fake marriage, uh, a fake marriage K-drama, like classic melodrama called um, Marriage Contract, where basically a man, like a single mom decides to sell her kidney because she finds out she has a brain tumor. (laughs) Great. 
gets into a, like a contract marriage with like super hot older guy who's dead inside, who's buying the kidney for his alcoholic mom. It's it sounds like every terrible K drama trope, but having watched a lot of really bad old fashioned melodramas, this is different than those level of old fashioned melodramas. It's really superbly acted. Uh, Lee Sol Jin is the male lead, and he's fantastic. Um, I think that the female lead is Ui. I can't pronounce her name correctly, but she was like stellar. She had zero vanity in this role. And there were like scenes where I watched her and I just like felt a physical pain. But if you don't want a physical pain, the other one that I can really recommend that is a bit more mature is a drama called 20 again, um, where basically it's about a woman who got knocked up when she was like 18, married the father for child and has been trapped in this like loveless, like marriage where she's been disrespected and crushed her entire life and decides at the age of like 40 something as her son is going off to college that she wants to go to college. Like that's the thing that she never did. So she enrolls and decides to go to college where she runs into her old high school sweetheart who is now a professor there. It is delightful. It is super charming, really funny. And I think part of what makes it really great is like everyone in it is an adult. Like, so these are all like 40 somethings like doing ridiculous things and it's not like watching like a shitty high school show this will not feel like watching Smallville it's really wonderful I love it a lot (laughs) way to sell it this will not feel like watching Smallville I have been tempted recently don't don't go to that dark place I mean the darkness is safe and enveloping MK okay next one from an anon yes um, was talking about ABO and said that she has noticed a kind of body horror when it comes to pregnancy. In a couple M-pregs and even in a couple run-of-the-mill pregnancy stories, there's a definite squick factor that the character shows. Have you noticed this? Um, I haven't noticed it that much, but I feel like my default state about all pregnancy is like intense body horror and revulsion. <laughs> and it has been that way since I was literally nine. Um, I, I feel like... Being in- <laughs> I remember being in health class in grade four and they were like, if you get pregnant, this is how this shit works. And I put up my hand and I was like, that seems pretty shitty. What if I just get my uterus removed? Yeah, that would have been a little premature. A little premature. um, I kind of still stand by that. No, I I get it. I get it. Um, I think that this is actually, this speaks more toward like our cultural inability to acknowledge that pregnancy is one of the strangest things in the world than the weirdness, particularly just intrinsic to ABO and MPreg. Although both of those are obviously weird as fuck for their self-evident reasons, but like pregnancy is like strange. And I think that if you kind of dig into it, like a lot of women, like people don't necessarily take to it naturally. Like my mother, who was way too honest with me, like hated being pregnant. And she like, My dad, if it was up to him, would have had, like, seven kids, you know? Like, he loves children. My mom, like, shut it down after she had me. And I think in addition to the fact that I was a horrible baby, it's, like, so epically horrible that when I would return to the old country, my grandmother's neighbors remember me from when I was an infant. Like, Mm. I was a horrible baby. But she also, like, had a miserable time being pregnant. Like, and I think that this is something that people don't really talk about, you know, that... Or it's not socially acceptable to own the process that, like, this is not really, like, 
a joyful time. And I feel like that's a modern invention. Like if you look back in the old days, like women got knocked up and they went into like confinement or like vanished into whatever. And you just talk to herb women and midwives and other women. I'm sure that we like talk shit about like being prego all the time back then. But like, it's now like you have to like fucking like be glowing on Facebook. And now you have to be like, Oh, pregnancy is the most magical thing. Everything about it is great. And I'm like, maybe not. Maybe you're going to get postpartum depression. Maybe you're not going to like yeah. the way your joints swell up and get all loose and you have to like pee every five minutes and like. Maybe, well, I already have to do that. Maybe you'll get like, uh, maybe you'll get like pregnancy diabetes or melasma or whatever. Like it's. I'm maybe not like my mom, you will break out into hives from being pregnant. Oh, I will definitely have that. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm like, there are like seven things that I'm probably predisposed to if I ever do get knocked up. Um, so yeah, I think that I definitely agree that there is a, a current of body horror in there, but maybe that's just a way to explore like a pre-existing condition within the female canon. Okay. Um, I have another question for you that I think is about baseball. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know. I think it is about baseball. Um, and Anon says, it occurred to me that as a Mets fan who went to UNC, Prue might have some Matt Harvey feelings. That should absolutely be unleashed upon the world. Also, has she seen the gifts of Matt Harvey playing with Jacob DeGrom's hair? Um, I do, I do have a lot of Matt Harvey feelings. I have a lot of UNC baseball feelings. I have a lot of Mets baseball feelings. I went to a lot of UNC games on, like, the shitty stands, <laughs> drinking grain liquor out of a brown paper bag. I love those motherfuckers. Um, I have not seen the clips of people playing with people's hair, but I'm definitely going to have to look it up. I just really like baseball. I'm not fanish about it at all. Um, I think I've talked about this before, but... I actually feel like I was incepted into baseball by the X-Files because as I was growing up, and this is when you had to like watch fucking live television, um, the X-Files episodes during late summer when they came back on or like towards season finale time were always getting like preempted and pushed back by World Series games. So I would show up in front of my television on Sunday nights at like nine and realize I was watching like the eighth inning of a game. And that's how I got into baseball. Like I, there was no history of like baseball in our family. Like I never played it. It was not a sport that was like part of our lives, but like, that's how I started watching baseball. And when I got to college, I found out that we had a really good college baseball team. Um, and it was like, the games were all free. You could just like roll up and like go see it. And I hung out with a bunch of cool library student chicks who also like baseball. So we would go watch baseball and I would get hammered and now I go watch baseball at the Met State at City Field and get hammered so you know yeah cool um remember at the beginning of this podcast when I was like clamp is nothing like Hannibal fuck you <laughs> you're wrong we have an ask here <laughs> <laughs> from an anon who says I feel like Brian Fuller was a secret Subaru Seishiro fanboy and took the challenge of how he could make that worse slash better and get it on national television He absolutely is. Like, I honestly, like, if no one has already sent that guy, like, the full run of X in Tokyo Babylon, someone really should. I'm just saying. Please don't, like, challenge accept our listeners to do things like that. Please do. Oh, my God, guys. Because think about it, right? Like, the media properties that Brian Fuller has liked were the Hannibal Lecter trilogy, the Star Trek show, 
and American Gods, and he's, like, gotten TV shows done of, like, all three of them now. So, like, maybe if enough of you send him clamp, he'll do a Subaru Seishiro live action. Okay, so next question. (laughs) (laughs) From Tiny Feather Pillows. She says, okay, so my school is having a fandom dress-down day. We have a uniform. And the, quote, promos for it and posters are probably the cringiest things ever. And I just feel that fandom and school should be separate. But I don't know. How would you feel about it? Dude, I feel like this shit has changed so much from when I was in high school. Like, I have no fucking clue. 100%. Like, literally five of the words that she used in that message made sense to me. I don't know what fandom dress-down day is. I... Like, of course they should be separate. Like, I'm one of those people who, like, there are people out there who, like, proudly display the fact that they're fanish. I never, never, never. If I don't, like, I don't think I own a single thing that is not, like, at most stealth fandom. What? Okay, see, um, when I was in high school, I was actively trying to find other fanish friends because... Hells no. I lived in the boonies and, like, there wasn't much available to me and, like by having, like, a dumb Sailor Moon shirt and, like, reading my shit in the hallways, I found some really great friends. And then we could, like, go to conventions together. And because I went to a really artsy school, literally, like, everyone was into cosplay. Hell's fucking no. I would rather set myself on fire. I feel like this is that thing again where, like, you and I have come at this from very different perspectives and just have very different feelings about it. So my answer to the person asking the question is... It depends on you, and if you're uncomfortable, you don't have to participate, even though you probably sent us this, like, six months ago, and we haven't answered it until now. Like, it's, you have to make your own fucking choices, and uh, don't let people pressure you into shit. That's fair. Okay, so the next one we got is actually kind of, like, a hilarious confession, which I definitely thought that we should share. It's from Emma Von Skulltaker. Great name. She says, I just listened to the 100th episode, which was amazing, and I think I need to tell this story. When I was a kid, I wrote this epic fusion between Gundam Wing and the Raven Ring by Patricia Reed. Apparently, Anything that crosses with Gundam is already aces. It gets better. Apparently, my mom was friends with her on a mailing list for authors because my mom told her all about my epic project. Patricia Reed essentially responded with, You go, small child. Build those writing skills. And I was so embarrassed that I abandoned the project and wouldn't talk to my mom for days. Which, honestly, I think that is the correct response. Oh, but that's so sweet. She was proud of you. She was really proud of you, but, like, she also outed you without your permission. No, did I ever tell you my version of this? Yes, and it's horrifying, but feel free to well, share I've again. Been, I've been, like, fanishly outed, like, multiple times, like, and there are different levels of horror associated with it. Um, two of them were, like, just shitty and funny. One of them I actually had forgotten about for decades until like it literally came back to me at like a holiday party but when I was young when I was really little and first starting to write fan fiction and I this was like the x-files fanfic that I was writing in a wide ruled notebook and like sharing with my friends at the lunch table um I told my parents what I was writing they'd be like what are you writing and I was like oh I'm writing like an x-files story and they have no concept of what fan fiction I love that is you right told they told them like you were the one oh, who was I... like I can't be fanishly out and I'm like I was pretty fanishly out but I never told my parents that I was writing fan fiction or reading it well I think that this is a time that like I didn't well first of all like nothing I wrote was anything that I would be like embarrassed to show my parents at that point and I was so young. Shame at all times. Well, I was so young. I was like eleven, 
So I even at eleven, no, full of shame. I had I had no grown up filter. So I would they would like ask me like what I was writing. I was like, oh, I'm writing X Files stories. But they never want they like never asked to read them. They just knew that I was writing X Files stories, and to them it was like fine because I was like working on something creative and great. My parents are such hippies. They're the weirdest Asians you'll ever meet. <laughs> um, so. They apparently told our family friends about it. Like, they were like, oh my god, you'll never believe it. What, like, Prue has started writing stories. Like, she's writing X, and our, our family friends would be like, oh my god, what kind of stories? They're like, apparently she's writing X-Files stories. And they, so everyone knew. No one ever asked to read anything, but they knew about it. And it wasn't, like, widely commented on or anything. Fast forward. 15 plus years, right? I'm at a fucking, like, holiday <laughs> party with, like, family friends. I'm, like, a grown-ass human at this point. It's, like, 20, I'm, like, 28, 29 years old. I'm chucking back the red wine. This is a shitty party in Connecticut that I don't want to be at. Like, random family friends of my parents come up to me. And they're like, how are you doing? And we do the whole small talk routine. They were like, so excited to see you again. Everything's great. We heard about your book. Good for you. Are you still writing X-Files stories? I swear <laughs> to God. I almost dropped dead at that kitchen. I would completely forgotten about it. The, see, my family would have 100% asked to read them and then probably tried to oh. share them with people. And as the youngest of three, you don't have this experience as an only child, but as the youngest of three, deep shame about everything at all <laughs> times. Yeah, no, you've talked about this before. My parents are actually, like, they're not perfect people and we have issues, but they've always been really cool about my creative endeavors. Um, to be fair, like, I never tried to, like, drop out of school to do any of it. But, like, uh, they've always been really good about that stuff insofar as, like, they've never – they've always been, like, if you want us to read it, we're happy to do it. But, like, they've never asked to read anything. They've also – my dad and my mom hilariously were, like, if there's ever anything that you publish that you don't want us to read, just let us know. I was, like, that's actually really helpful because – Oh, my God, that would be amazing. Yeah, because there's probably, like, I mean, God willing, if I ever finish it, like, there's probably going to be something that has, like, a lot of fucking in it that I really don't need my parents to be reading. This is, like, I, I would like to get published, but there's definitely probably going to be fucking in it. And I literally had a nightmare once where my dad was helping me with my taxes and was like, what do you mean you got income for a book? And then I had to tell him, and he read it, and that was, like, the whole nightmare was me being like, literally, it's gay fucking. Yeah, and then you died, right? Because that's the only thing I can imagine is the follow-up. Like, like, 100%. Imagine my dad, and then imagine me dying. Can I just... Have we talked about this on the podcast before? I don't because know. Because this is, like, 100% funnier. If you know the fact <laughs> that Erica and her father look exactly alike. <laughs> like, she when she told me that, like, her fit, like, she looks so much like our dad. I was like, how is that possible? Like, you have a very female face. And I was like, how is it possible that you look like Mr. MK, right? So she looked up a fucking photograph of him. And I like, guys, I lost my shit. She almost and like shit other, her pants. Every other person we've ever showed this to has also lost their shit, though, is the greatest thing. Because Mr. MK looks like MK with jowls. And no hair. Like, <laughs> literally the exact same face, but with jowls and no hair. And you look at it, and it's so intense. Like, the the resemblance is so intense that, like, all I can do is, like, fall down on the floor and laugh. But then, like, my brother is also, like, um, the bald version of me without jowls. And then my sister is, like, me, but, like, skinnier and a bitch. 
So basically, like, you guys are like a progression. Like, all of you are slowly morphing into your dad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know if I also ever told you this, but we found a picture of my mom when she was, like, in her 20s. <laughs> and she has, like almost the same haircut as me and it was like wearing like basically my clothes and looks the same and we're like is this a picture of mk or is this a picture of mom and like it took everyone a while to figure it out oh my god <laughs> so incredible the jeans are so strong i know oh my god but dad's always like you should definitely have children we have excellent genetics and i'm like we have like rare blood disorders and like a tendency to sociopathy i think that's a bad idea I genuinely think you guys are, like, probably the last remaining members of some sort of, like, weird serial killing sect. Like, nothing else makes sense right? for your family. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. no other explanation. It's true. We gotta move on. Yeah. Um. That's all of the asks that I thought were okay for this episode. I will say, like, we got a whole bunch of really nice messages from people we telling did. us, like, that they loved the show and, like, what it meant to them. And those were, like, just absolutely great. But we didn't yeah. want to spend, like, an hour just talking about how great we were. It's true. It's also, it's it's just really sweet. Like, we really can't say it enough. Like, we really loved doing this. We really love you guys. Yeah. But um, one thing that we did say that we should mention is that we did say on our Twitter when we mentioned that we were going to be retiring the podcast is that we would be working on other projects going forward. So, MK, what's in your future? Um, I'm doing a lot more fan fiction writing, but guys, I'm gonna, it's gonna come out soon because I'm almost done. And I just want you to know that I'm going to corrupt as many people as I can with the farm team of the Maple Leafs. So get ready for that. That's my number one thing right now. Alrighty then. <laughs> it's the smallest fandom. I think it's almost just me. <laughs> Well, you know, like, you and I both have, like, a long history of, like, looking at tiny fandoms and going, like, challenge accepted. Yeah, so, that's kind of my goal here. It is what it is. Like, long distance, like, fist bump, babe. Thanks. If we could do it for Corman fandom, you could do it for the Marlies. <laughs> I feel like there's 15 of us now from, like, the two when we started. One of the asks we got was about, like, are you guys going to do, like, a Bruno and Boots episode? And I was just like, nope. Nope. I mean, well, again, put a pin on it. But, like, I still haven't seen the movie. I don't know where to get it. In Canada. Uh, can you acquire it for me? Uh, remind me when we're not recording. Okay, I will remind you because I need to see that movie for reasons with a capital R. <laughs> for reasons. If you haven't looked this up yet, listeners, they made a Bruner and Boots movie, and it's Bruner and Boots Go Jump in the Pool, and uh, they cast some... Attractive twinks, basically. <laughs> Way to sell it. I'm just saying, like, literally when this came out, I found this out through the stupidest method ever. Didn't they follow I, you on Twitter? They did, which is really <laughs> upsetting. So what happened was, is that, like, I follow a bunch of Hannibal actors on Twitter because the guys who play, um, Basically, the guy who's been playing the two lab techs are hilarious on Twitter, and they're great. Scott Thompson, one of the original kids in the hall, is also on Twitter and, like, kind of delightfully offensive. And he is in the Bruno and Boots movie as playing Principal Heartless. And he, like, randomly one day, without any sort of prelude, tweets about how 
he, like, he's looking forward to, like, the Go Jump in the Pool movie coming out, and, like, great day doing Principal Heartless, and I was like, what? <laughs> World's colliding! Instantly, like, crazy research and Google searching, and I realized that, like, oh my god, they are making this movie, and I, of course, like, went and followed every single property related to it, but, like, this is such, like, a low-budge thing that YTV is doing, that they, like, saw that I followed them and followed me back. And I was like, please don't. You don't want to know what's on my You don't know that that's because it's low budge. That could be because they were like, Prue, the BNF of Gordon Corman fandom. First of all, there's no such thing as a BNF in a fandom of 20 people (laughs) on the maximum side. It's not like, there are no like big names in that fandom. We are like a knitting circle of like weird Canadian kid lit perverts. Okay. We just have to live with that reality. And number two, I don't want them to follow me. Like, so here's the thing, guys. Like, after news of that movie came out, like, every bone in my body just wanted to say nasty things about Bruno and Boots. But I couldn't because the movie Twitter was following me. Listen, listen. The Marley's official account started following me, and I was like, That's a oh mistake. my god. Like, please don't do this. So, like, every time you tweet something about the Marley's, you're going to be like, oh no. Well,. They follow 7,000 people, but I'm still like, this was still a mistake. What are you doing? Oh, it's 100% a mistake. This is going to be like that moment where, like, you know they're reading that fanfic, right? Um, I'm not going to tweet about it. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, uh, tell us about your exciting projects, because I think they're much more formalized and exciting than mine. Well, I don't think that they're formalized. I have, so basically, one of the things that, you guys have probably figured out from hearing me talk about a lot is that I do love podcasting. No. I do. I love podcasting. I really like podcasts. But one of the things that MK and I had talked about and a lot of other people and I had talked about is that generally speaking, when you are listening in the world of pop culture, movie, and geek podcasts, the voices that you hear are overwhelmingly male. It's a real sausage Um, fest. It is a real sauce. It's very much a too many dicks on the dance floor situation. Mm -hmm. And that's not so much a problem except when, except when people are talking about things and never ever broaching the topics or the elements of it that you actually find interesting. So like a really good example of this is over Memorial Day weekend, I saw X-Men Apocalypse with the Hoyden and 20-something Kate. And we all thought that that movie was an absolute, like, dog's breakfast, but really enjoyable, nonetheless, for certain reasons. And when we were listening to other people's reviews of that movie, they also, like, had the same reaction where it was like, this was a mess, but, like, really enjoyable. But all of their reasons for liking it were, like, wrong and completely different than ours. Mm. And... I just realized that basically the only way that, like, you have to be the thing you want to see um, is the same thing that drives us to write. So I am working on a follow-up podcasting project. It will be not specifically fanishly focused. It will still have a fanish point of view, obviously. And we're not going to, like, live in a pretend world where that doesn't exist. But I think the goal that I'm trying to achieve is really to talk more about pop culture things through the lens of women, um, which also means that the two topics that I was saying, well, well, I'll put a pin in it. Like that means that in the future I may do an episode about Bruno and Boots. That means in the future I will definitely be doing an episode about cosmetics and skincare and things like that. Um, because there's like a wide range of things chicks are interested in and it includes both of those. So like hot twinks and hot takes on my new Naruto (laughs) serum. 
Um, I'm doing some really preliminary work on it. I recorded a dry run um, episode. I still have a little brainstorming to do. I do have a name in mind. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but it's forming. And I'm hoping that I will launch it sometime before the end of this year. Very exciting. I can't wait to listen to it. Uh, you're still going to get dragged into this somehow. Like I literally <laughs> sent you a, t- like I literally like, as we were discussing this, I like sent MK a message being like, uh, can I just like hire you to like do the webpage? Cause like I could figure it out, but it, this would be easier for me. I mean, yeah, I, I assumed that I would still be involved in some way, just like way less work. Yes, absolutely. And as if like, as if like MK and I are going to like get out of this like podcasting hole, we will still be in this foxhole together occasionally. Yeah. Did I, did I mention that my work is like, we're going to do podcasts? And I was like, what timing? What timing? It was actually hilarious because it was the day we decided that we needed to like retire this. Literally the exact same day. We were like, we should stop podcasting. And I went into a meeting and they were like, so we're going to do podcasts. And I was like, I'm the only person here who knows how that works. Cool. Yeah. And I was and basically like, you came back and told me that and was like, well, uh, let me know if you need any help with that. So there's a possibility we'll be doing podcasts together on that front anyways. So like good times. Good times. It's, it's a good thing we're ending this one. Cause like, I definitely don't have time for all of those. I olds and podcasts are just. Just imagine me like wrangling a bunch of olds who don't listen to podcasts, don't really know what podcasts are, but think that we should probably do it because millennials exist. I just, ugh, baffling to me. But yes, um, so yeah, that's my upcoming project. Yay! So yeah, I'm going to focus more on writing. You're going to podcast, but in a more feminist direction. Uh, sure. Like, I'm going to podcast, and I guess... Probably less frequently? Yes. Yeah. Definitely less frequently. <laughs> Definitely less frequently. Because the other thing that I didn't mention that I'm also still doing is, like, I still am writing. And I do have, like, a, um, I'm writing a contemporary romance novel. Yes, I can't wait to read that. So the goal, I can actually send you the beginning of it. Please the goal do. of it is to strike that Jennifer Cruzy tone. So I want it to be funny and I want it to be smutty. Mm. So, yeah. I am yeah. writing a fantasy romance like urban fantasy novel, mystery. Is it time traveling ghost romance? No, it is mystery urban fantasy romance. Okay. Because <laughs> you know I love mixing genres, and absolutely, you know I only have like twenty thousand words. So when I've actually done something with it, then hopefully it can go places. Awesome. It's coming along. It is. It is. And I mean, like, do you have any final thoughts? Like, we're signing off for the last time. Okay. I feel like. Like, I just failed a strong, like, ox challenge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A little bit, but... It, like, not that it was, like, a terrible thing that we had to plow through, but, like, like I'm... We're giving up a little bit, but, like, we have to. We have to. We have to. And you know what? I feel like it's better that we do this the good way, right? Like, it's, it's yes. a medieval conception of the good death. Like, I think that we are giving the podcast the good death. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know what, every TV show has to end at some point, and would you rather end it like this, or would you rather end it like, um, what is a terrible show that has been going too long? Like, Hawaii Five-0. Supernatural. Supernatural, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Think of all the ways that this could go wrong. Yeah, it's true. Let's not live that life. Let's live the good life instead. MK, yeah. it has been a pleasure. It has been an honor. Oh my god, I was just going to say it's an honor, now I can't because you just said it. 
the mind melt. It's too strong. It's too strong. Yeah. Um, we have to end this. I know. Just for posterity. MK, we have to end this. We have to end this. All right, guys. Um, it's been a joy. We love each and every one of you. And we may not see you on the flip side on this podcast, but we will see you on the flip side. And you'll see us on Twitter. You can find me at Moonclets, and you can find crew at Often Imprudent. Yeah. And um, we will keep the Slash Report Twitter around. And when or if there's any kind of update on our future projects that you guys might be interested in, we will still leverage that. Yeah. Um, and on that note, guys, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye forever. You're the worst. You love it. Oh my god, we have to end this! <laughs> okay, bye bye forever and for reals. We'll miss you. Oh my god, we're sh- we couldn't even end this with dignity. Goodbye! I'm, I'm closing the recording now, goodbye. <laughs> Same.